Doctor Law, episode number 15. Thomas Gray here with you today. Uh, Corey Smith, not able to make the podcast this week. I uh, actually had an obligation, prior obligation. Uh, he had lined up several weeks ago. I know uh, me and him had talked a while back. He actually has a conference he has to present at. Um, that's what uh, what happens when you're a big wig doctor, uh, saving the world one patient at a time. You have ob- obligations, and uh, Doc and the Law takes a back seat. Uh, but don't worry, we're going to get you a podcast no matter what. Um, hopefully, in the end, we get some winners, which we're all here for. We're going to try to solo today, Colin Coward style. Uh, hopefully, it goes well. It may crash and burn. Uh, more than likely, it will crash and burn. But we'll still get a podcast up so we can keep our keep our streak going uh we did miss that one week and that's on me uh we did a podcast promise if you uh, listen to that podcast the following week we did a podcast it was more of a practice run but it was a podcast that took place uh just didn't get uploaded because uh i'm gonna blame my computer i'm not gonna blame me uh but this week uh gonna give you a quick recap from this past weekend uh some of my thoughts i know Corey kind of feels the same way about a lot of stuff uh, some recap from the weekend, talking about Masters uh, from a fan's perspective. I know Corey, gambling perspective, did did okay. Uh, had some had some winners, had some losers. I know towards the end there, it kind of kind of fell off after uh, Dustin Johnson ran away with it towards uh, towards the end of the third round and all the way in the fourth round. So he kind of lost its luster. Everyone talked it was going to be a big Sunday because you're going to have uh, Masters in the morning leading into uh, NFL games and. DJ just got so hot. Um, no one really paid attention. I know that's kind of how I felt about it. If you browse their Twitter, people just kind of, yeah, they, they kept track of it. It was kind of the background on TV. But you never really dove into the final round of the Masters, which you usually do in the springtime. So I think, think uh, the tournament kind of lost a little luster on that. It was still cool uh, seeing game day there that Saturday morning um, on the par three course. Still cool seeing that and having, having the Masters and college football kind of mesh together for the weekend uh but again i think the the tournament as a whole kind of lost a little bit just because dustin johnson looks so so good uh again i know Corey got some winners or some losers i got some winners and losers but just like life and just like gambling uh we live to fight another day um oh and back to the masters too um it just kind of goes to show you that football is king in america um you look at it and I think maybe if you had Tiger in the final round and maybe if you had a closer match and it kind of goes down to the wire, um, I think Ty- Tiger DJ kind of final round, final period thing on a Sunday morning uh, would have made for some electric television um, just because of the name brand. But uh, it just goes to show you that you had a lot more people, um, from my perspective again, paying attention to NFL games, man. NFL games on Sunday and college games on Saturday. I think that it just goes to show you again that football is king here in America and that we thrive for it. We just it's something we we need day, day in and day out. It's, I mean you can see it from uh, in the fall especially how Maxion has taken this this huge leap with these Tuesday and Wednesday games. People want it so bad um, during the fall. You know, I mean, we're always looking to find a new league to add in the springtime. So football is king here in America. And I think any time you put a major championship, whether it be golf, whether it be – I mean, you could say tennis because tennis has – I mean, if Wimbledon got moved or the U.S. Open and tennis got moved to fall, the fact that they still have to go compete against football is going to be tough, tough for ratings. And then again, I mean, you have 
Dustin Johnson run away with it. So it makes it makes it tough. Um, but that's kind of our Masters recap. Again, some winners, some losers, but we move on. Uh, me personally, the week did did fairly well. Enjoyed some soccer plays in the midweek. Uh, tons of Nations League, and I know a lot of our listeners really don't dive into soccer like we do. But you know, I mean, sometimes you get you get bored midweek, and uh, there's some there's some national teams taking taking the field, and uh, you put some money down. Uh, so they had a ton of ton of games Tuesday, ton of games Wednesday. Uh, so I know I did I did decent, you know, broke even, which is which isn't my best week. Cause I know last week I was rocking and rolling. Uh, I think Corey broke even, uh, but you know we had some soccer, had some Mac, and I think for the first time we had like I know both Corey and I were on a, uh, all all five Mac games this past weekend or this past week. Um, I know one game got canceled due to COVID. But we're all we're on all five, some form of fashion, whether it be a parlay, whether it be a teaser. Um, but these Mac games have been absolutely bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Um, we sit there and like, it, for instance, you have the Buffalo Bowling Green game, and I know Corey, Corey and I were both on the over, and this game doesn't look like it has a shot to get there. Ensures the world Buffalo breaks off this long touchdown run with about a minute left for sixty plus yards, hit the over. Overcashes, um, and Kent State just rolls over Akron. Um, I know me personally. I had Kent State over the te- the first half team total of twenty two and a half, and that was that was a track meet in the first half. And then Kent State just kept scoring and scoring and scoring. Um, Ball State didn't get home. That was one of the games that we we were both on the over there, um, and Ball State just kind of came alive towards the end there. And then we were both on Central Michigan. Man, the Chippewas just kind of fell apart against Western Michigan there. Um, but we'll say this: Mac has been been electric again. Like I said earlier, uh, we we thrive on football. We crave it daily. It seems like whether it be um, doesn't matter college or NFL, and the fact that you can get those games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which really sucks if they're going back to weekend games um, next week with the Saturday after Thanksgiving. They're going back to weekend games. Um, it stinks. Because, I mean, they're in prime spot, and you know that people are going to be watching because we, we love the sport. Uh, so people are going to game on it. People are going to try and get invested in the games. And it just kind of stinks that they're going back to the weekend, but um, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. Uh, so Mac has been crazy. I know that both Corey and I, uh, last night being Thursday, had some action on the Tulsa and Tulane game. And man, what is, what is Tulsa doing? I mean, Tulsa did. Tulsa is so good, so so good about digging themselves in the biggest hole possible. Last night, for instance, they're down fourteen nothing, and they look they don't have any signs of life. Nothing. Their first string quarterback goes down. Second string quarterback goes down. So now you're down fourteen nothing with your third string quarterback. And what do you know? Come back, tight fourteen fourteen in the fourth quarter. And I'm sitting there with a Tulsa minus five ticket, so I'm hoping, hoping, hoping for overtime because there's no chance this thing can get um, this thing can get home. So, cause, I mean, you 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 run the hypotheticals through your head, and let's just say, for instance, Tulane drives down there, kicks a field goal, and then Tulsa goes and scores a touchdown, and there was only three minutes left when Tulsa scored that touchdown to tie the game. It was on a fourth and fifteen pass from a third string quarterback who threw an absolute dart in the end zone, um, but. Lo and behold, Tulane goes down there and scores a touchdown. Takes the lead 21-14. And then we're sitting there, and Tulsa's driving down. And it was ridiculous watching the game. 
and they throw this Hail Mary in the back corner of the end zone, and a guy named Carlos Santana, <laughs> and I got a great chuckle out of this, because you've got to jump on Twitter, and people were loving the name Carlos Santana, and one guy saying, uh, singing Carlos Santana lyrics every time he catches a pass. I think he caught 10 balls last night. He was he was getting yards after yards and, and targets after targets. Um, but to, Tulsa scores his touchdown and sends this thing to overtime. And so I'm sitting here going, man, we got a shot to get this minus five. And so they go back and forth, back and forth, and ends up Tulsa on third and about three, and Tulane's going to try and score a touchdown. And you just kind of see this playing in your head. Tulane throws a pick six to Tulsa. Tulsa runs that thing all the way back. With t- throws a pick six to what – he was either a linebacker or a defensive end, but he has one of the, <laughs> some of the longest drives I've ever seen. Look like a deer galloping down the field. He takes off <laughs> in freaking – Tulsa covers. Tulsa wins the game 30-24. to 24. And you just got to think, can Tulsa keep doing this? Tulsa is a, Tulsa's got a pretty good defense. And I've watched them, watched them this week, had them invested last week when they played SMU. Tulsa's got a pretty good defense. I think their defense gives them a chance that they're towards the end of staying games. But, man, if they don't dig themselves in a hole every single week, it just seems like – and we make the joke, me and Corey, about Iowa State's always down and they're driving um, in the fourth quarter trying to cover spread. It just always seems like Tulsa is always down. But you know what the fourth quarter is about to start. So here we go. And I think last night you could have gotten Tulsa live on the main line around 940, something like that, with the fourth quarter started. So you could, you had some – if you could sneak in and get that, um, good for you. Uh, but Tulsa, I, I don't think they can keep this up. I think we're looking at um, – I don't know who Tulsa plays next week, but they do play Cincinnati in two weeks, which is – and Tulsa. And, uh, I'm not much of a weather expert, but from what people say about Tulsa um, – it's windy, especially in December. It's cold, especially in December. Um, so that should be, for sure, a barn burner here in a few weeks. Um, let's jump in real quick to the, the college football slate this weekend. Um, starting on Saturday. Lucky, lucky for us, we have a little bit better slate this week. It se- seems like, from my perspective, um, we had so many cancellations last week. And maybe it's just a little bit SEC biased. You had so many games canceled for SEC last week. Um, but this week, it we, seems like we get a few more games rocking and rolling. Uh, so it should make make for a good college football weekend as long as games stay close. And this is an argument I have been thinking. It just seems like, and Bear, Bear made this comment on his podcast, um, it just seems like these primetime games have been ugly and just not, not fun to watch. They've been so one-sided or bad football from one side. And it's just... It's kind of you're sitting here hoping, man, I just kind of hope for a good game in the end. Um, luckily, we got it last night, and that was a Thursday night from uh, Tulsa and Tulane. But hopefully we can get some of those games this weekend. Um, there are some marquee games which should be interesting. Starting Saturday morning, uh, the surprising Indiana Hoosiers travel to Columbus, Ohio, take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, and Ohio State, now granted, they've only played three games, but they look unstoppable on offense. I think the defense has a few more question marks. Uh, they're trying to place everybody on the back end. Um, but Ohio State looks great on offense. Uh, and Indiana, Indiana is shockingly 4-0. Um, but the biggest thing is if you look at their the teams they've beat, they haven't beat anybody. They've beaten in Michigan State, which, woof. Michigan, woof. 
they've beaten Penn State. Woof. And then I think the other one they beat is Rutgers. Don't hold me to that. I'm trying. To, uh, there's a lot of a lot of dumb stuff going around in my dumb head. But well, they did beat Rutgers, so it was right there. Um, oh yeah, I remember that game. So that was the crazy lateral game where Rutgers shot a cover. So they've beaten Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State, which didn't stay a whole lot schedule wise. Um, and they're going up against Ohio State. And Ohio State hadn't played any real barbers either. Um, but this Ohio State offense looks so efficient. They look like it's a, they're on a mission. Um, I think they're down a few. They're down a few games, and I think it's one of those things where you're going to see teams towards the end of the year trying to get style points, to where you're trying to put up as many points as possible. And I don't think it's trying to be a jackass or trying to run up the score or anything like that. I think it's more trying to get the committee's attention. And we'll dive more. To, I'll dive more into this in a second. Um, trying to get the committee's attention, saying, "Hey, this is why you need to put us in the college football playoff." I, th- I think Ohio State's fine. They can run the table, no big deal. But I think they're still trying to play for style points in the end. So, me personally, I took Ohio State minus 20.5. I think it's one of those games where you see Ohio State come out there and they're going to try to flex their muscles and they're going to try and beat the brakes off Indiana. Uh, Indiana's got some got some players, got some talent. I think Indiana's going to get their points. Uh, but I just don't think Indiana's going to stop Ohio State. I just don't see – it's one of those weird games that we kind of looked at it um, – for instance, Buffalo and Bowling Green the other night. I think Buffalo punted twice, which I think was too many times for Buffalo to punt. I think Buffalo shouldn't have had to punt one time against Bowling Green. And I could see this kind of happening uh, with the Ohio State-Indiana game. I just don't see Indiana slowing down this Ohio State offense uh, through the air, especially with Justin Fields, a quarterback. So um, if you're looking to have for a little bit of action, uh, team total Ohio State over could be a great play. Uh, I took Ohio State minus 20.5 again. I think it's just – uh, one of those games you feel Ohio State's going to win this thing going away, maybe a 41-10, something along those lines. Another marquee matchup from the weekend. Uh, again, like I said, we're talking about Cincinnati-UCF. Uh, Cincinnati heading down to Orlando, taking on the UCF Knights. Uh, Cincinnati currently is sitting in a five-and-a-half point favorite. Um, and this is – you could say it's lost a little bit of luster because of UCF's having a little bit of down year and a few losses they've had. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those marquee matchups. And it's, going to, it's going to be a big-time matchup for Cincinnati. Um, they're still trying to pad that resume. They're trying to find their way into that college football playoff. And I think you're going to see Cincinnati come out and try to put up as many points as possible. Again, trying to get those style points, trying to get the committee's attention, saying, hey, look at us. This is our resume. Uh, and UCF is the last big name on their schedule. Um Unless something gets added here towards the end, it's just since I mean Cincinnati, like I mentioned, they play Tulsa in two weeks. I think they still play Temple. They've got some really really trash games, and I think with this game being on uh, national TV, they have a chance to put their their stamp out there saying we deserve to be in the college football playoff picture, or at least talked about. Um, so I think you're going to see a Cincinnati try and go up there and try and beat UCF um, as bad as possible. But UCF on offense is explosive, they can score points, they're fast. I think I saw a stat where Taylor Gabriel hadn't, he's in the past like three games or four games, something like that, he's thrown 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, so he is slinging the ball around. They're getting some guys back, getting some guys healthy, um, at receiver especially, which is big for their offense. Um, so I could see a shootout game here taking place. Uh, I think you're kind of sitting at a, at a dangerous spot taking a UCF number. Um, as underdog, just because, I mean, 
franchise. You could see Cincinnati getting the ball back with three minutes left, up three. But, you know, I still think the the style points thing matters. And Cincinnati's going to try and score again. We saw it a few weeks ago when they played ECU. They tried to keep scoring against ECU, and they did. Um, and UCF's not that great on defense. I could see you kind of getting burned if you take the UCF number. I took the over. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Cincinnati can at least put up. Cincinnati's got a great defense. I think Cincinnati's going to be able to put up 40-some-odd points, something like that. Um, and I can still see UCF putting up points as well, getting their 20-ish, something like that. So, that's get you the number. Um, so, I think that, I just, again, and I said this at the beginning of the college football segment, I kind of just hope we have a real good game. Um, a shootout-type game will be a lot of fun to watch from these two these two this weekend. Uh, and a big, big spot there for Cincinnati. Another marquee matchup from the weekend. Uh, Wisconsin goes to Chicago to take on Northwestern. Uh, right now, Wisconsin's the seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Northwestern's been one of those shocking teams of the Big Ten. Um, again, <laughs> you, look, you look at Northwestern's offense and you're really like, wow, they really – nothing really flashes, nothing really catches your eye. But they beat Purdue last week, cover the spread. Beat Nebraska two weeks ago, cover the spread. Beat Maryland, cover the spread. And they beat Iowa. They didn't cover there, but they still beat Iowa by one. Um so sitting there at 4-0, Northwestern. And now, on the other side, you look at Wisconsin, and you really just don't know what you're going to get from the Badgers. I say that because you've seen two games. And they played Michigan, who we all know what Michigan is, and I'm sick and tired of talking about Michigan and Harbaugh on this. Look, they're a bad football team. The end. So Wisconsin plays Michigan, manhandles Michigan, Wisconsin plays Illinois. But that's it. Um, now, quarterback play for Wisconsin – You've got a dynamic playmaker back there, finally. I think that has a big thing to do with it. Um, so I think this is more of a – This is more of a. it could come down to offensive line play. It could come down to who makes mistakes. Um, that seven-and-a-half number is tough to um, tough to take Wisconsin out. You'd like to get a seven. To at least, worst case, you get a eight, one by a touchdown, you get a push. Um, love, for it to, yeah, love for it to move around. I think you're going to see some movement here come out Saturday morning. I would venture to say towards the Wisconsin side. So maybe lean taking Northwestern. I know Corey texted me earlier, and he said he's he's leaning taking Northwestern. Um, so I think that could be could be a good look there. I remember um, you could also see this being one of those underplays because it's just one of those weird Big Ten feel games to it. I know last year these two played, and it's, again, last year, different times, different quarterbacks, different schemes, um, especially for Northwestern. And uh, I, I remember this because I remember losing. I had a first half under. And somebody kicked a field goal in the last second to miss that. So, still, never forget never forget some of those beats. Um, but I think it could be one of those games that kind of toys with the under just because of the, what, the style of play and just kind of the gross-ass Big Ten Northwestern-ish. The grass is high and it's extremely windy type type style type game you see on a, on a November day here in a, this random, this this wild football season. So could be something to look at the under there. Uh, going back real quick that we mentioned earlier, Corey did mention this. He is on Ohio State, just like me. I know we had me and him have some very similar opinions on uh, the game this weekend. But he did take UCF. He does like the Knights against Cincinnati. So that's just that's a that number I'm gonna stay away. I actually took the over. 
another marquee matchup from the weekend. Um, again, guys and gals, we have some have some decent games this weekend. So uh, hopefully you can get in front of the tube before you got to deal with family Thanksgiving week. Um, Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, right now, Oklahoma is sitting at a seven-point favorite. I think your biggest takeaway from this game, Oklahoma State does not look like the team I thought that we thought they were going to be. They have struggled a great deal on offense, and I think it's a lot to do with injuries. Uh, their offensive line has lost a ton of guys, and I think that's having a huge impact on the run game, the passing game, a whole offense together. I think it's going to be an issue going forward. I think Oklahoma um, has gotten better over the weeks. I think Oklahoma's kind of hitting their stride, and I think that Oklahoma's going to try and, again, try and – I don't think they have a chance to sneak in anywhere, but I think Oklahoma still has something to play for in the Big 12 championship game and getting there. Uh, so Oklahoma's going to try and put up points. You know you can put up points with that crazy that, – that Lincoln-Riley offense. Um, the biggest thing is Rattler not getting in his own head for Oklahoma. I think that's shown to be an issue here in the past. And if he starts running into issues, if he gets people in his face, uh, he's shown to make mistakes. If Oklahoma can keep him clean, I think that you're going to see Oklahoma run away with this one. It could be a blowout-style game. I could see uh, Oklahoma winning by double digits at least. Uh, so I'm going to roll with the Sooners there. Not an official pick right now. I've got a few right now that I've locked in, but I've definitely – you can see during this COVID year, you want to see – the injury reports, who's on the field for warm-ups, this, that, and the other, um, before you actually lock in a play. I do have some lock-ins right now, but that's one of those you want to kind of see who's hurt, who's not, and see if guys that you're putting a little faith in on offense and defense are going to be out there for the games. Uh, a few more games to look at here. Um, Alabama and Auburn both returning, me and Corey being from Alabama. Um, look at this a little bit more than most people. Um uh, Alabama and Auburn return after almost for almost two weeks off. Yeah, two weeks off, not almost. Um, haven't played since Halloween Day. Um, Alabama taking on Kentucky and Tuscaloosa, thirty-point favorite. Auburn taking on Tennessee in uh, in Auburn as an eleven-point favorite. Uh, I think your biggest takeaways here are: Will Alabama or Auburn be looking ahead? Both play each other in the Iron Bowl next Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, you just kind of wonder if the number's too high for Alabama, which you're looking at backdoor cover, cover territory for Kentucky, or is Auburn going to come out flat like we've seen? Um, for instance, I, and someone made a great point about this, we haven't seen Auburn play in so long. And the last time we saw Auburn play, they played LSU, and they beat the brakes off LSU. And we kind of have a sense of what LSU is and who they are. Are you going to say that that Auburn team is one that's going to, I don't know, go up and down the field on Tennessee? Or do you think Tennessee's kind of reeled it back in? Uh, I think it's, it's a solid play here, as Corey calls it, the Auburn hate bet, which is the AHB bet, which is a, a document in the law um, staple each and every week when that Auburn plays. But it's tough for us because being, being kind of drawn towards Alabama, it's the rivals of Alabama or Tennessee and Auburn. And, um, me personally, I don't like Tennessee. I like Tennessee less than I like Auburn. So um, it stinks having to <laughs> to take the Vols, but I think the Vols is a solid play here. The ele- to take the eleven with with Tennessee, um, maybe get to see what happens the first half, second half. Maybe this is a live money line play. 
volunteers. I know if, I think it was two years ago, maybe three years ago, they went down to Auburn and shot. And uh, yeah, Garantano came in there and they they beat the Tigers down in Auburn on their home field. Uh, back to Alabama and Kentucky. I think uh, your safest play here is just going to be take Alabama first half, and that's one of the staples uh, you've seen people taking you take for years. Just Alabama first half because you think they're going to take get off the gas pedal, slow down, and Kentucky's going to be able to run the ball and kind of kill clock there towards the end of the game. Just try to get out of there. Um, so I think your your safest play there is going to be taking Alabama first half. They try to get back out there and get things right because you know, again they haven't played in two weeks. Try to figure things out. Um, another play that I did lock in for the weekend, uh, Clemson going to Tallahassee, taking on Florida State, is a 35-and-a-half point favorite. Let me say that again. Clemson going to Florida State, we all know Florida State's past and their history and tradition, is a 35-and-a-half point favorite. Five touchdown favorite against Florida State in Tallahassee. It just shows you how far that uh, Florida State's fallen. It's been, it's been a tough year for the Seminoles, yes, we can all agree. Um, but, man, 35-point 35 35 underdog at home to Clemson. Woof. Uh, I took the over 62-and-a-half. I think uh, you're going to see Trevor Lawrence come out there and try to throw it around a good bit. He knows he's he's lost the lead in the Heisman talk. He's going to try and put up points, put up yards, put up touchdowns. Um, do they pull him in the second half? Probably. Uh, but. We've seen, like we saw when Notre Dame played Clemson, Clemson's offense didn't didn't miss a whole lot. They missed a little bit when they brought in the backup, but Clemson's offense can still rock and roll with that backup in there. Um, so I think the over is a safe play there. Now it may be something where, where you're looking at Clemson 59. Clemson 59, Florida State 3. Uh, you know what that? Uh, it doesn't get you the over. That gets you 62, and I got 62.5. So maybe you get, get something crazy like Clemson 60. Four say sixty-three. So there you go. Get the over. A uh, few more interesting matchups which I locked in. Liberty, who has been on fire, pun intended, because they are the Flames. Um, Liberty goes to NC State, take on their third ACC opponent this year, and they're two and zero against ACC opponents. Taking on uh, the Wolfpack, there. Liberty is kind of jumped around. They're right now a three and a half one underdog. Um, I took the over at sixty-seven and a half. Liberty's going to be able to put up points. I think NC State can put up points. It's going to be one of those track meet games that has a feel. Um, I actually also took a little bit on the Liberty money line, or will take a little bit on the Liberty money line. I think they're just a team, man. They, they look great, uh, great on offense, and they just look like they have have things clicking right now. And it looks like it's just tough for these teams to stop, that offense especially, because they're putting up points in bunches, and they look good doing it. Uh, that's when I'm on. Uh, App State going to Coastal Carolina Saturday morning. I think the biggest question mark here is who is going to play for App State. App State looks like they have a ton of injuries, especially at quarterback position with Zach Thomas. Uh, apparently last week he had to go to the hospital, but then you see reports that he's been practicing this week, so who knows about him. Uh, App State is a five-point underdog going to Coast Carolina. The number 15-ranked Sean Clares. Again, long pause. I want you to think about that. The Sean Clares of Coastal Carolina, 15 in the country. They've been grand, They've been playing great football, guys. Great football. I've, I love watching them. Um, but the number 15 team in the country, man, uh, which should be a great game. Um, again, I think the biggest impact on this is going to be if App State has all their guys. And I think that if they do, I think App State's prone to pull this upset. 
just because App State runs the ball. App State needs needs their top running backs, and Zach Thomas can kind of make that thing go. Quarterback, too, he gives you a different look. Uh, so I think that's – again, we've got some great matchups this weekend. Uh, I think that's going to be one of them. Hopefully, hopefully all parties are on deck, everybody can play, and we get full slates on both sides, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, we say it every week, it seems like, and – I think Corey's going to do it. Well, Corey might do it. It just depends on uh, what we get at quarterback. But I think me and Corey both want to call the Hogs this weekend. Um, I think this opened up as Arkansas as a favorite, which is wild to think that Arkansas last year against LSU was a 42-and-a-half-point underdog. 42-and-a-half points underdog. And now they open up as a favorite. Now it's moved to where LSU's a favorite now. But just think about that. Think about how how much better Arkansas has been this year, or at least looked. And then how bad LSU has looked. Now LSU maybe figure some out some things out. Hopefully over the two weeks like, that they've been off. Um, but you never know with Arkansas. I think the biggest thing with Arkansas is if. There's rumors going around that Franks may not play. If Felipe Franks doesn't play, I think this game, uh, I think LSU wins this game by double digits. But again, that's one of those things you got to wait and see what comes out Saturday morning. This game being 11 o'clock Central kickoff, you got to wait, wake up early, and see what's going on with the Arkansas team and see who's in, who's out. I know the coach will be there, Pittman will be there, ready to, ready to roll. But if Franks is out, I think that makes it extremely tough to take uh, take the Hawks on the weekend. Um, Another one we're going to dive into real quick. Uh, Iowa State at home taking on Kansas State. Um, I think it's just big for the Big 12 matchups. Um, see what's going to happen in the Big 12 championship because, I mean, you look around the, comp- the the nation of college football and a lot of these conferences seem to be decided already. But Big 12 is wide open. Right now, Iowa State sits in an 11-point favorite against Kansas State. Um, I have this feeling that Iowa State, this is one of those get-right games for Iowa State, just because they've been kind of toying with that line. They kind of escaped Baylor two weeks ago. Uh, and you just got to think the dam's going to break for Kansas State soon with a backup quarterback. They've just kind of – they've been kind of hanging on with these teams. Um, they're both still alive in the Big 12 championship picture, but I just have a feeling this is one of those games Iowa State starts rolling. Brock Purdy hadn't played great. Had had a great season. Hadn't had his best game yet. Could see this being one of those games where Iowa State figures it out, gets rolling, and they win. Going away, hopefully, by some like uh, – could see them winning by about 17 right now. And uh, the line is 11. So that's one that I'm looking at for the weekend. Uh, another one, if you want to head out west. Um, let's see here. Head out west. Utah taking on USC. Utah has yet to play a game. So do with that what you will. Um we saw last week, if you, if you woke up Sunday morning to watch the, the Pac-12, what's the Pac-12 after dark? I don't know. Pac-12 before brunch, something like that, whatever, Pac-12 before lunch, um, which is wild, which we might have to trademark that because that sounds pretty catchy. Um, Cal played UCLA, and Cal hadn't played a game yet. Um, UCLA had, so you had that theory, and we, you looked at it during the college football season to where – teams that haven't played have film on the team that has played, so you kind of think they have an edge. And it kind of showed with the numbers, kind of showed with wins and losses. Uh, but that didn't take place when Cal took on UCLA. Cal hadn't played, UCLA had. Uh, UCLA ran away with it. Now, I don't know if anything has to do with the fact that Cal found, they, these two found out who they were playing Friday evening, 
and Cal had to kind of scramble to get flights and this, that, and the other to get down to Pasadena. So I don't know if that had anything to play with it. Um, but we'll be interested to see how this takes place in this game, USC and Utah. Uh, USC is 2-0. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite taking on, going to Utah, who, again, has not played this year. Um, between me, uh, I think it's a toss-up. I just don't know what you're going to get from Utah, which is really tough. You see what you got from USC, and USC's, USC's come back in two straight games, first against Arizona State and the next against Arizona. USC has played, looks like some really bad football, but they're 2-0. And I don't know if that's going to come back to bite him here. Are they going to, or they're going to get things right against a Utah team that has yet to play? Um, right now, I'd lean taking USC in the two and a half, uh, but it could be one of those things. You just kind of want to see what the Utah front has going on Saturday morning. Uh, another game, talk about real quick. Uh, Iowa, Penn State. Um, I'm leaning taking the Hawkeyes here. Uh, a lot of people say Penn State hasn't quit. Penn State's been playing hard, yada, yada, yada. Um, but God, Penn State's look like a bad football team. They're hard to watch. Um, and everybody wants to talk about James Franklin, this, that, and the other. I, I In my opinion, it looks like they've almost quit. Uh, but that's just me looking at the game from my, my point of view. Um, I mean, we talk about it. You're, you were – before the season started – you talk about national championships, Big Ten championships, this, that, and the other. You're taking on Ohio State, yada, yada, yada. Um, and you're 0-4, and you look bad being 0-4. It would be one thing if you're losing these close games after field goals or after a tough a tough conversion, this, that, and the other. But you're looking bad in your 0-4 record. Uh, I just don't know how much Penn State is going to be willing to give during this game. I'll lean taking the Hawkeyes here. Uh, another one, and I hate doing it, but I did it anyway – the one-year anniversary of a GPS road trip to Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, where we watched uh, the Hokies take on the Pitt Panthers. Uh, this weekend, the Hokies go to Pittsburgh and take on the Pitt Panthers. Uh, Virginia Tech is a minus is a three-point favorite. Uh, Virginia Tech burned us last week. Uh, Virginia Tech burned us more this week this year. I feel like than in years past. But going back to the well with the Hokies, you'd like to think. You'd hope to think that they're going to get it right this weekend. You'd hope. But, goodness, it's just one of those things. that You feel like you're running ahead against the wall trying to watch this team. It's like, why do you make it so complicated, Virginia Tech? You've got, you've got players players all over the place on offense. And your defense, I mean, sure, Bud Foster, who's a defense coordinator legend, he's gone. But your defense didn't lose guys besides the coordinator. And and you've heard these reports that they're they're allowing the run game to be successful on other teams so that you can protect the back end because the back end's hurt with COVID. Just makes you wonder, what are they doing up there in Blacksburg? But I went to the well again, took the Hokies and and um, three points. I think uh, Pitt's falling apart. Uh, I think Pitt's kind of had, had some issues injury wise, um, but. We'll just wait for the Hokies to burn me again, and we'll keep talking bad about them, and then we'll continue betting them, and then just die a slow death. Um, lastly, let's talk about let's talk about what's going on, on the island. Boise State travels to Hawaii. Boise State's a 14-point favorite going to the island, taking on the, the Rainbow Warriors. Yes, still call them Rainbow Warriors. Um, Saturday night, late night, late night chase game. Um, I think. The biggest thing you're waiting for is 
reports coming out of Boise of who's traveling, who's going to play quarterback. Um, I think Hawaii's had some had some tough tough issues this year with their travel and how they're having to get places because of COVID. Um, I think they're finally getting to, getting to go home down the island. And then you hear Boise State problems with injuries and who's going and this, that, and the other. Um, I think if this number keeps moving, it opened at 13, Boise State's at 14. Uh, maybe you lean taking Hawaii, which is one of those things you may have to just kind of wait and see how the day goes with your picks-wise, and maybe you're just like, eh, I'm just going to stay away from this one. Uh, but maybe lean taking Hawaii. Maybe lean taking a first half Hawaii, something along those lines. Uh, maybe Boise shows up a little sleepy. I heard their, their travel schedule's wild. I think they got a flyover. Six-hour flight from Boise to Hawaii, and they got to quarantine for two hours, play the game, and then fly back, which is ridiculous travel. Goodness gracious. Think about time change, this, that, and the other. Being in a plane for six hours is going to wear you out. Um, so that could be a, could be an early first-half move, taking the Rainbow Warriors. Uh, quick little line looks. Uh, South Carolina, Missouri. Right now, Missouri's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I think Missouri gets right this weekend. South Carolina looks like they've quit, having guys opting out. Look like they're hurt. Yada, yada, yada. No thanks. Get away from the Gamecocks. Uh, Georgia hosts Mississippi State. Mississippi State looks terrible. Georgia doesn't look like much on offense. Apparently, JT Daniels is going to start a quarterback. Uh, a lot of people have taken the under 44-and-a-half. That's such a low number, and you're banking a lot on just kind of being a boring football game. Um, could lean taking maybe maybe tease something to where you take t- take Georgia and the under tease that number uh, could get a little better 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 value there. Um, Florida Vanderbilt. It's not a very interesting game, but Vanderbilt put up a few points last week against Kentucky. Thirty-one and a half, like we mentioned with Florida State, thirty-five and a half. Thirty-one and a half is a lot of points. Um, Maybe lean taking the Commodores. That's one of those quick confirm bet and just pray a little bit. Um, but uh, if you're feeling froggy and you want to take the boys from Nashville, good luck. Um, I think that's the only side to take in that matchup. Um, and then we look got a little Friday Night Lights action for you, college football style. Uh, me personally, I'm rolling with the Louisville Cardinals tonight. They take on Syracuse. Syracuse. You want to talk about a team that looks like they have quit, absolutely laid down, and they're done with this year, ready for basketball season. Syracuse is that team. Um, Louisville is an eight, already gone to 19. I got it at 18. Uh, I think this thing gets to three touchdowns for a kick. Um, Louisville's got got some playmakers. I think they've just run into so many mistakes that they've really gotten burned with it. Um, again, Syracuse, I think it's more of a fade Syracuse than take Louisville. So... Um, Looking at the next matchup, uh, Minnesota-Purdue. Um, I'm rolling with the Gophers. Purdue's got so many injuries, so many issues going on with their team. Um, I think that Minnesota, they're still going to play hard for P.J. Fleck. They're still going to try to play play for each other. Um, I took the – I took it's already gone to two, one and a half. I took it at two and a half before it moved. And I took a little bit on the Minnesota money line. Uh, I think the Gophers get it done tonight to get their second win of the season. Um, real quickly, we're going to change the schedule up a little bit. I'm going to give you some NFL, and then we're going to do a real grill, chill, grill or chill uh, by our title sponsor, Dairy Queen, towards the end of the show. Um, but, again, quickly, NFL lines like we did last week, really just going to fly through this. Let's see what we can get. 
uh, Baltimore taking on Tennessee, hosting Tennessee. Baltimore's a five-point favorite. Uh, look, probably going to take the Ravens here. I think it's a get-right game for the Ravens. Tennessee it looks like they have fallen apart here lately. Uh, again, getting it's a decent number at five. I think you get get it to where it's two field goals um, and a touchdown. So uh, Ravens right there, link taking them and minus five. Uh, Detroit as a two-and-a-half-point favorite going to Carolina. Uh, I think Carolina still is playing hard. I think Carolina's had some tough breaks. They got their brains beat in last week by the Bucks. Uh, right now, two and a half. Maybe you hope for this thing to get three. It's a better number taking the Panthers, but right now I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, only undefeated team in the league, going to the one and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, woof. Uh, right now, Pittsburgh is a ten and a half point favorite. Um, double digits in the NFL is so tough to take. So tough to take. I mean, Jacksonville's God, they look, they, they look dead. <laughs> Jacksonville looks so dead. Um, this is probably a stay away, but if you had, <laughs> if I had to take something, ooh, this is going to take it. Uh, I'd probably take the Jaguars. Uh, I think it's one of those games with Pittsburgh um, traveling down to Jacksonville. Um, ten and a half, just again that double digits in the NFL is so tough. Uh, New England taking on Houston, going to Houston. New England's a two-point favorite uh, right now. I'll lean. I lean the Texans. I say that because New England offense has not looked very good. Still hasn't looked good, even though they beat the Ravens last week. Uh, New England hasn't looked good on offense. Houston, uh, God, they didn't look good either. But uh, hey, home team catching points, whatever. We'll just roll with that, that theory. That sounds good enough to me. Uh, Cleveland, three-point favorite, taking on the Eagles. Eagles look dead. Eagles look like they're done for the year, mailed it in, ready to go do something else, start their offseason. Uh, lean taking the Browns there. Browns still have something to play for. Playoff berth. Uh, three points right now. You get it. Uh, worst case, win by a field goal. Get your push. Uh, Falcons, three and a half point underdog going to New Orleans. Uh, just came out that Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to take the Falcons plus three and a half. They've been playing better as of late. I'll probably sprinkle a little on my line with the Falcons. Uh, Taysom Hill, the quarterback, give me a break. Uh, Cincinnati, Washington. Don't have a number right now on my, my app. It looked like Cincinnati opened as a one-and-a-half point underdog. I'm rolling with the Bengals. Uh, I think they're going to get the win here. Joe Burrow's been – he's played good this year as a rookie. I think he's running to – he's got in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL. Um, I think we're going to get a good game from the Bengals, and I'm going to take the Bengals. Uh, going to take them – if it's a one-and-a-half, one-and-a-half, and we'll put a little bit on the money line. Dolphins going to the Denver Broncos. Dolphins are in 3 0 since Tua took over. Uh, it's Tua time in uh, South Beach. Uh, three and a half is such a tough number, but man, the Broncos and Drew Locke have looked absolutely abysmal. Uh, I'm going to roll with the, with, the, with the Dolphins right now at three and a half. Um, hopefully, Tua Magic can continue rolling for, the, for Miami. Um, other matchups, goodness, this, this one's bad. This hurts me to even talk about. The Chargers at two and seven, hosting the New York Jets. Uh, you just kind of have to fade the Jets here. Jets are zero and nine. They're tanking for Trevor, maybe. Who knows? Um, but man, the Chargers have looked awful as well. Uh, and nine and a half is a ton of points for a bad football team. Maybe this thing is to ten, and you take the Jets. Hope and pray uh, it gets that gets there. But it's tough, tough to pull the trigger on the Chargers at minus nine and a half right now. Uh, Green Bay going to Indianapolis, which is one of the better games of the weekend. Green Bay is a two-point two underdog going to the Colts. Uh, 
I lean taking the Packers. Packers getting a few guys back from injury. Uh, I think they're playing good football right now. Uh, so right there, that's one of my lanes right, right, right there with the Packers. Uh, Minnesota hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Minnesota's a seven-point favorite. Uh, I think Minnesota keeps it rolling after that one Monday night win against the Bears. Uh, Cowboys look dead. Whole NFC East looks dead, so you can bookmark that. Uh, Going to roll with the, the Vikings. Uh, and then Sunday night matchup. Vegas hosting the Chiefs. Vegas is a eight-point underdog. Now remember, the Chiefs' only loss this year is to the Raiders. Uh, and just for some weird reason, the Raiders always play the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes really well. Uh, so I'd probably going to lean taking the Raiders there at the plus eight. Hopefully, uh, you get home and they play play a good game on defense and kind of contain Mahomes. And then Monday night, uh, Tampa Bay hosts the Rams, which is, uh, thank goodness, you get a decent, seems like a decent Monday night matchup for a change. Um, yes, I'm talking to you, Patriots and Jets. Yes, I'm talking to you, Vikings and Bears. Um, but... This one looks like it's got some got some teeth to it. Um, right now, Bucks are a four point favorite. Taking on the Rams, uh, I think the Bucks uh, they're, they're hopefully trying to get things right before they creep towards the playoffs. Uh, so I'm gonna take take the Bucks there at the four. Uh, and so that's the NFL wrap up. It's um, a lot of talking. I don't talk that much, just in a day to day basis, much less in a week to week basis, but. Been rocking and rolling for about 45 minutes, trying to give you give you some football, give you some winners for the weekend. Uh, again, follow our Instagram page, Doc and the Law Pod. Uh, we're gonna have all our plays on there for the weekend. I try to update it during the week, so we're able to get like our soccer plays and stuff during the day. Uh, feeling froggy, you want to just get a little action while you're sitting at work, staring at your computer monitor, uh, looking forward to the holidays, this, that, and the other. Um, what you can spend your money on instead of shopping on Amazon. Lock in some plays, uh, find find an account on television to watch. A lot of ESPN Plus. This is, I guess, a shameless plug for ESPN Plus, but ESPN Plus shows a lot of those soccer plays, and we we usually have some action on it daily. Um, so try and get those on the Instagram again. The Instagram is Doc in the Law Pod. Doc in the Law Pod. It's got mine and Corey's mean mugs, screaming and stuff um, on the picture. So enjoy that. So before we get out of here. Try and give you a few grilling chills. Uh, presented by our title sponsor of Doc and the Law. Uh, that's Dairy Queen. Guys and gals, um, it's getting chilly outside. You know Thanksgiving's right around the corner. You know it's going to cool off a good bit here. Thanksgiving's around the corner. Um, Christmas's around the corner. You know it's cooling off. You know it's 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 sweater season, jacket season. Um, but don't forget, yes, Dairy Queen's known for the blizzards. Dairy Queen's known for their cold treats. But Dairy Queen's got some stellar, stellar burgers, some stellar, stellar hot dogs, chili dogs. The chili on the chili on the chili dogs, man, it's going to warm you right up. Uh, the flamethrower burger, you want to talk spicy? It's going to, it's good. It's so spicy, it can give you a little bit of sweat. Feel like you're outside jogging in the heat. Um, so, again, don't forget about our title sponsor, especially when it gets cold outside. Dairy Queen, and they present to you uh, our famous, most requested segment, Griller or Chili. Um, I got a few. I got a few, I guess, griller chills that I think about, especially when I walk on the treadmill and think about random stuff, uh, cookie shows. Um, I mean, anything from the news on TV or watching travel channels. So I try to make griller chill kind of wide open. Um, this was kind of one. You see these lockdowns and in these bigger cities. Example: New York, Boston, Chicago. And I wish Corey was here where I could kind of bounce this off them. So, 
Griller Chill, for me personally, this is a pretty sad segment because I'm having to ask myself the question and then give you my own response, which is ridiculous. I sound like a crazy person talking about this, but eh, whatever. We, we try to rock we try, we try to accommodate the circumstances. Um, do you think do you think football fans of these big towns, and I say NFL towns like again New York, Chicago, um, Boston. Do you think in Buffalo? So you think you think fans in these big cities would risk COVID, would sign waivers to go to these football games? And I thought to myself, grill it. I didn't really say it to myself that. Then you want to talk about a real crazy person. <laughs> you walk into some, walk into a gym and see some guy walking on a trail monster saying grill it to himself. And you, that, you need to turn around and walk out of that gym because that guy, that guy is off his rocker. There's no telling what he's about to do. Um, I think you see, especially in the Northeast, and I say this because I've been in the Northeast before, and I see how, how avid these football fans are, not especially about college, but about pro. Um, and I, I relate it to like how the Southerners are avid about college football, how – Example Buffalo and New England and Pittsburgh and uh, Green Bay. These fans are about professional football. I think people would risk COVID. They'd risk health. I mean, they risk they they go stand out in blizzards anyway, which is it's just extremely dangerous to your health to go watch football games. I think people would risk would risk their health concerns to go watch a professional football game. And I say it's just sad. You sit there and you know you watch New England take on Baltimore the other night, and it's it's an empty stadium in New England, and you know sure as the world those those Boston fans they love their sports, they love their Patriots and Bruins and Red Sox and Celtics. You know they're dying to go to these games, and I just I I, I think you would see people risk getting COVID if they sign a waiver, whatever, to go to these games, just so they could cheer on their teams. They live live and die for Sundays. Live and die for Sundays, just like people in the South live and die for Saturdays. And I would see people risking <laughs> risking their health concerns to go to these professional football games. I mean, Bill's Mafia is a thing. It's a real group of people who were maniacs, and there is a 100% chance you would have Bill's Mafia packing out the new, I think it's the New York Stadium in Buffalo or whatever, to watch the Bills. The Bills have a pretty good season, too. Uh, they, they, Get beat on that bad Hail Mary last weekend against the Cardinals. But the Bills are having a pretty good season. There's a chance they could win win the AFC East. So I think you see people risk risk their health to go watch these professional warriors. Um and the other one I had, this is kinda this is sports related too, and I don't know if any of you saw this. And I, I saw it because I had action on the game. Cincinnati last week, and I mentioned earlier, Cincinnati last week ran up a score against ECU. I think it's more for stop points, not to not to throw shade at the team, but they're trying to get recognized by a nationwide audience. But my question to you is this, and I think it's going to go just a little bit. I'm trying to word it correctly to where you guys understand it. Do you think that you really chill that, for instance, ECU's coach had a few words with the Cincinnati coach after the game? Grilling our children that the the coach of ECU is a sore loser, and I think I'm going to grill it because I, I, for years and years and years I, I live under the premise of this, and these coaches get upset because a team's run up the score and whatnot, and 
I would look at the coach and I'd say, well, why didn't you stop them? You're the coach. You're supposed to be instructing these kids how to perform on the field. It should be on you to make them make the plays. Not on the team. Cincinnati scored on the inside zone. They ran the ball between the guard and the center. Can't you make a tackle or fill a hole? That's my biggest takeaway is coach. You can complain all you want to. It'd be one thing if we're throwing post patterns and out routes and fleet flickers and quarterback and quarterback bootlegs outside with three options. It's we're not complicating the play, the, the play we're running. We're running a base offense, base blocking almost, and we ran the ball right up the middle. And you couldn't stop it. That's on you. It's your own problem that your defense is not in the right position and can't make tackles. Stop being so butthurt about it. It just fired me up watching a guy complain to the Cincinnati coach after he get he got embarrassed on national television. And you see it from time to time. These coaches get upset because people run up the score. And if if it was such a problem, then why didn't you stop them? Why didn't you keep the game close to begin? Why did you match them for point for point? You're the one that's down the whole game. No, it's more of a rant than people wanted. I think it was more of a, a me trying to throw, slow my talking down so I sound more like Colin Cowherd. I hope I hope I accomplished that. I hope I didn't sound like too much of a jackass like Colin Cowherd. Um, but, well, folks, I've rambled on for almost 55 minutes, almost an hour, which is impressive. I can't even talk to my family that long, much less, I mean, I think I've, I've – the longest conversation I've had with my wife on the phone is maybe two minutes, if that. And most of the time, it's just me listening to her. Um, so, the fact that I was able to get some football plays, some football picks, some some thoughts on NFL, some thoughts on the Masters, maybe some soccer plays, um, was impressive that we kept it going for this long. And maybe it, hopefully it didn't sound like crap. And hopefully Corey comes back to save me a little bit because definitely gonna have to go ice down, drink a bunch of cold water now to just save my throat for the weekend because I'm sure I'll be yelling at the screen. Because, um, like Corey says, it's the fourth quarter, and Iowa State's always driving to cover the spread. Uh, got that got that feeling this weekend coming up that we're going to need some teams to have a late drive to cover the spread there towards the end of the games. Um, guys and gals, it was fun. Um, hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, again, uh, check out our Instagram page, Doc and the Law Pod, for all our plays. Uh, big weekend up. Uh, again, big week next week, Thanksgiving. Um, big people's favorite holiday is the invitation to eat um but again like we say it every week it holds true this week too as well life is like a sandwich no matter which way you stack it the bread comes first i have done all that i could to see the evil and the good without hiding you must help me if you Doctor my eyes Tell me what is wrong Was I unwise To leave them open for so long I have wandered through this world And as each moment has unfurled I've been Never noticed them until I got this feeling That it's later than it seems Doctor, my eyes 
Yeah.